Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Dealing with mess can feel like an impossible task. It just keeps coming back. Well, today we're brought to you by the organization experts, IKEA. IKEA knows we all have those areas in our homes consumed by mess, whether it be that chair that collects all your clothes or the monstrous pile under your bed. That's why IKEA makes affordable wardrobe organizers, underbed storage, and other solutions to help you easily take back that chair and conquer the mess monster under your bed. Visit IKEA to explore more. You can't afford mess, so IKEA makes storage affordable. Content warning for abuse and pregnancy trauma. Someplace underneath. Hinge, more like unhinged. Am I right? Am I right? What a trash fire sight. But some people like they meet their loved ones and they're just like, I met my husband and we fell in love. And I'm like, how am I a fucking loser? No, actually, I do think maybe that somebody should start unhinged where people who are not doing well mentally can all go together, have meetups. Let's uh, burn this house down together, baby. That's nice. That's nice. It's like, like, uh, you know, the one that's just for farmers. Farmers only, but just for deranged people. Yeah. I felt deranged today. I went yeah. to Planned Parenthood because I wanted to get a pap smear just to check up. You know, I want to be healthy. Nothing wrong, quote unquote, with me. Yeah. But they yesterday they were like, oh, we can't take you, even though I already made an appointment. Yeah. And they're like, come back tomorrow this time. And I was like, OK. So I come back and I was like, this sucks, whatever. And then they were like, oh, no, we can't take you either. We called you. We called you to say we couldn't do it. And I was like, here's my phone history. No, you didn't. And I know you guys do with a lot, so I don't want to be a Karen over here, but like I need to like meet, see somebody. No, we can't. You should have just pulled your pants down yeah. and like, look at it. Look at it now. Um, <laughs> welcome to someplace underneath. I'm Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. No, that's awful. It's awful. But I wonder like, are people getting their IUDs in before the 2024 elections? And like gynecology already is this kind of sacred, weird science, even though it's half the fucking population mm-hmm. that needs it. Are they just overrun, overwhelmed? Absolutely. Because nobody has health insurance or like at least health insurance that's good enough. No, and, mine isn't. Yeah. And because uh, I looked at other hospitals and they were like, it could be anywhere from $50 to $600. You guess. It's like I'm pulling out a like a magic trick. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Let me know. Good thing our government is trying desperately to shut them all down. Isn't that cool? I love it. And good thing that Viagra is shipped right to your door. Mm, Isn't I love that fun? It. Doesn't that make you feel unhinged? Oh, that's a good ad for it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> We're doing great today, guys. <laughs> we are both feeling a little burned out today. And that's just 
the way it goes sometimes. That's okay. And you look refreshed, Natalie. You always look pretty. You always look pretty too, Amber. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, we're doing a whole new thing this week that is a whole subject that I have never really touched upon because I'm usually, <laughs> I'm unfortunately usually the one reading the stories about parents who have kids and are doing bad things to their kids. So I know I go off on reckless parents a lot on this show. I'm yeah. very hard on parents. I just like, you know, I want to be clear at the top that I'm very much pro-parenting, pro-child in the world. I'm not like pure nihilist by any stretch of the imagination. No, we love kids, but it's like, you know, if you have them, like make sure you can feed them and like- Or just like yeah. don't sell their pictures on the internet to pedophiles. Like, I don't know. I just have like weird quirks like that where <laughs> yeah. I don't think you should do that to your kids. But I love a home that wants to bring children into it that's ready to love and nurture kids. And it's regardless of where they fall economically or even mentally, to be honest- I don't think mental illness is a reason to chastise someone from having a child. Oh, because that would be eugenics, right? Kind of. Something we're going to be bringing up more today. Yeah. Nor, of course, is mental illness an excuse to be abusive towards a child. But a lot of people have mental illness and are good parents at the same time. And so I think both of those things can be true. You know, for this show, I have to watch a lot of the absolute worst parents on earth. And that's hard. <laughs> Most recently, while I was actually doing research for this episode on like the peripheral, I was watching other stories because I have to always like bookmark other things. And I was watching they just recently released the interrogation footage from Harmony Montgomery's father. Oh, uh, is he like, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll know. So the one they released was from a while back when they were still trying to get information from him, like back when we were doing the show. Uh -huh. And so this is just recently released older footage. But let me just tell you, it doesn't do him any favors. Oh, he's a piece of shit. If you had a negative impression of him, just theoretically, who boy, what an absolute dumpster of a person. Truly. I have no idea. I'm sure his upbringing was terrible, but damn. Uh, just, you know, a lot of people have shitty homes. And they don't end up being like that. So no. I don't think that that's an excuse to behave the way that he was. Yeah, he made the choice. And you can be a piece of shit all you want. But like once you bring a kid into this world, it's time to ship up. You yeah. know, cut the drugs, dude. It's just even beyond that. He's just a ball of pure self-pity. Just everything is just like, why are, you, why are you saying stuff about me after he'd actively, allegedly killed his child? And it was Fuck. getting defensive to the cops when the cops are going... Look, far be it for me to, you know, say something nice about a cop. I have a lot of criticism for them, but these cops are like, we care about your baby. Please help us. And he's like, why are you interrogating me, man? I don't know. Oh, that's what abusers do when they're like, how dare you call out the thing that I did to you? Now I am abused. Yes. Uh, if you guys want to watch it and just see the embodiment of like this, like poison, just go, go watch it. Yeah. Um, Man, there's also something about him. He reminds me of a boy that I used to pal around with when I was a teen that was really, I'm not going to say triggering because that word gets thrown around a lot, but I was. it gave me a little bit of chill down my spine because he really did remind me of somebody I grew up with who also has kids, and I'm worried about those children. But, oh, yeah, and also the other thing <laughs> that I was looking at was this new version of the Turpin family. A lot of people who listen to this show probably know about the Turpin family, it was a couple who had, I think, 12 children and they were hiding them in the house and they were all locked up and stuff. And the one girl escaped and managed to get a phone and called 911. 
There's another family that's very reminiscent of that that just became a new story. A mother named Zakiah Duncan. She was holding her eight children prisoner, basically torturing them in Texas. Oh, I saw like the body cam footage from the cop where the little girl was like, I don't know. I don't talk to people. I need help. My sisters, they're chained down. That's the Turpin family. This is the new one. Oh, there's another family. So this new family, the kids who were twins, managed to get out of their shackles. They were barely clothed and they walked around a neighborhood in the middle of the night ringing doorbells. All the ring camera footage caught it, asking somebody to help them. They were starving. They thought they were going to die. Oh, my God. And it turned out she has eight children in there that she was like chaining to the wall and stuff. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm bringing this up because, well, for one, I'm sad because these children are black and I don't know that they're going to get the same attention as the Turpin kids. And the Turpin kids had a hard time after they were rescued. They kind of got thrown back into the system and thrown to the wolves. And I'm worried about these kids. Sometimes they give them directly back to the family. We've discussed this. Yeah. And Sometimes they just say they're going to help and then they don't give them any of the money that was raised for them, like what happened to the Turban kids. So I am concerned about those kids. I might have to talk about them on an episode next season, but very sad story. Chain them to the wall. I can't. Oh, my God. Like sometimes I think of myself as like a heartless woman, but I could never imagine that. No, this woman was actually like legitimately torturing these children. It was much worse than the chaining. But, you know, when I'm following these kind of stories, I find, you know, these kind of things as examples of why abortion should be accessible. Contraception should be free. Sex education should be paramount in every school. No, Natalie, Um, we've got to make these women hurt because these men are hurting. So we have to make the women hurt. Yeah, I do think that, you know, in these extreme cases, this is maybe an example of like, we don't have answers right now, but maybe if we kind of can teach people better ways to prevent some pregnancies, it might help some things. And I do know that these things are extreme cases and that there's a lot of safe and loving homes in the world. And that is why I wanted to discuss this topic. And Amber, I know you had also expressed an interest in it. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a real bummer. So, you know, strap in, guys. Big old bummer. This is what is known as reproductive abuse. In other words, forced or coerced abortion. I was looking at it at like kind of worldwide view lens because there's a lot of places where it's very bad for women and they find out they have a daughter and they're like, oh, no, we got to end. No, 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 no. So there's whole towns in certain places of the world where there's no women. Oh, we'll talk about it. There's all these dudes that are so upset and they're like, oh, we just kind of lay around all day and there's no need for us to live because it's only men. And I'm like, how that is a horror movie to walk into that town. No fucking way. I mean, and yet it's the reality in a lot of places in the world because of certain things we're going to talk about. Yeah. So I know when we talk about reproductive rights, a lot of the time we're not talking necessarily about this side of the coin. And just so we are abundantly clear, I don't consider reproductive rights even a debate or a two sided situation other than there is reality And there is a magic made up land. And I see those two sides as pro-choice and anti-choice. That is it. This is not a debate on abortion. Actually, it's kind of the opposite of the debate on abortion. It's because I think a lot of times the subject of forced abortion is most often used as an anti-choice talking point. When in fact, it should be a pro-choice discussion. Yeah, because, you know, women need to choose when and where and how many kids you want. And if you don't have that choice, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it, I honestly think it comes down to womb envy from men because they control so much of the world Mm -hmm. and, but they don't control the future. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it makes them crazy. I definitely think it can, can instill fear in certain kinds of people. Yeah. The bad kind. The stance is you either think it's fine for a woman to be possessed by another person or you don't. And that, that's the only yeah. thing. So we are very pro-choice, obviously, in this community. I don't. Also, like giving birth, you could die. Of so course. I took it. I, I don't take it as like, oh, I'm pro-life. I'm like, oh, so you're forced hurting women. Right. You want women to suffer. Do well, you know what an ectopic pregnancy is? Well, that's why the concept of pro-life, quote unquote, is such bullshit. And I don't even want to reward it with that idea. So I think we don't talk about forced or coerced abortion a lot in the pro-choice world. And we should because another anti-choice propaganda piece is saying that pro-choice people are abortion crazy and they just love to get abortions. Yeah. That's what their passion is, getting abortions. That we're just on a frenzy of bloodlust when, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like they think that women do it as like a birth control. No. Right. They come up with like, or like people are getting, you know, eight month term abortions just because they feel like they're going to go on vacation. They're like, wait a second. I don't want this anymore. I'm going to go to Cabo instead. Like that is a nonsense topic. And also it's usually done in, in, I know some people actually believe that, but it's often done in uh, bad faith. They're just saying it. They're just making shit up when that happens very rarely. And if it does, it's to save the mother's life. And sometimes like the baby would die anyway. Of course. And maybe sometimes it's already dead inside of her, but you know, they don't talk about these things. It's the life of the baby, the baby life. Oh, the bay. And then once it's born, it's like, fuck you. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. We're not giving you food stamps. We're not helping you out. Right. Exactly. And again, I would like to also say that if somebody wants to get an abortion every three months, it's their right to do so. But I'm also saying that that's just not the reality for most people with uteruses. No one does that. It's very rare that somebody would act that because it's just not that it's not like a thing that. People are like are enjoying doing. No. So it's like a medical procedure. Like people aren't just going to do that for fun, for fucking kicks all the time. The pro-choice part is just that. It's highlighting the choice in your body. So you don't have to like abortion to be pro-choice. You don't have to want an abortion to be pro-choice. You can think that it's the last thing on earth you want to do and still be pro-choice. In fact, in a pro-choice society, that would also involve fighting the people who didn't want the abortion and were forced into it, which is why we're talking about it today. In a non-choice world, this is the side that the anti-choice people don't want to face, that forced abortions are often more a pro-life, quote unquote, issue than anything else in this country. And we're going to talk about that and why. You put it so eloquently, Natalie, because, you know, in my brain, I was always like, duh. Fuck you, you know, when I heard these talking points, but, you know, you're so smart. I'm I'm not. I'm really not. But thank you. There are a number of scenarios in which this situation, this coercion into abortion can happen, some of which are going to occur directly within the quote unquote pro-life community. And we're going to get into those. But there are, of course, other scenarios of forced or coerced abortions that happen in a more liberal or whatever the fuck you want to call them circles. We'll talk about those, too. We've probably all heard of foreign countries that have horrific policies of this nature. One of the most notorious instances of this was in China in the 1990s. I mean, it was well before the 90s, I think. But as a kid, I remember hearing about it, but not really understanding. Do you remember people ever talking about this when we were younger? 
Yeah, I mean, but just kind of in the ether passing through. But also, you know, I lived in like a small country town. So, you know. Yeah. The way that I always heard about it was sort of almost like a mythology, but it's actually not far from the reality of it, which is like you can only have one baby there and then they kill the babies other than that. Not (laughs) super far off from what was really happening. Color me surprised when I found that they just lifted the child number restriction last year. Yeah, they did. And they're like really hoping they have more kids. And there's a lot of people that are just depressed because, hey, I guess when there's not a lot of women around, maybe the men get sad. Maybe. Maybe that's why there's like a general depression. Huh. Funny how that is. Yeah. And it's just not even just that. There's so many other human rights issues involved in this. 2021 is when they finally just fully lifted. It had been heavily altered at this point, but... You know, that's really crazy to me that just this year they were like, all right, I guess we're not going to like invade your uteruses, I guess. And, you know, this is coming from a person who's really passionate about reducing the number of unhoused and abused children. I think that reducing population in a way that is by human choice, personal, independent choice is a good thing. Yeah, it's really by educating women. Right, that is a true stat when they're like, uh-huh. when women go to college, they have less kids. But that's usually used by the like the pro lifers, right. quote unquote, to take away like college acceptance for women and like basically take away our rights to read. I think that's coming next, Natalie. <laughs> they can't take away my books. <laughs> Speaking of, I have a fun announcement at the end of the episode. BP added more than 70 billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Anyway, you know, I'm all about education on sexual protection, prevention of unwanted pregnancy and abortion access, but that has nothing to do with people who want to have children. Sure, people who want to have children can still have them for the, quote, wrong reasons. And I mean that as in like treating them in an abusive way or exploiting them. But I see that to me, I see that more as a mental health crisis issue than anything else. And to me, there's no reason the government should ever come in and put a blanket memorandum on anybody's body in that way. No, that's not the way to handle a population issue. No. In my humble opinion. <laughs> so that's controlling women's bodies also. Like doing this one child policy thing is absolutely a human rights issue, controlling people's personal innards. So I'm clearly not an expert on Chinese politics, but I'm going to give you the Cliff's Notes version of what went on in China that began before the 1980s, but really started being put down on paper in this way in 19. 19- 81. Allegedly, this became a rule in response to the Chinese population nearing 1 billion around 1980. Their excuse was they were trying to ensure better lives for their people and to help the earth. 
I thought we're supposed to have more people. It isn't what the government wants to like work in the jobs that are provide. I don't understand what you want from me. More people, less people. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about some of the reasons the government keeps pushing more people. And a lot of it has to do with racism. But yeah, we don't actually need more workers where everything's becoming automated. So there's just gonna be a lot of a lot more people without jobs. Cool. So there's that. But again, as somebody, again, who's in favor of population reduction that happens organically, this method is barely concealing a crime against humanity. The only way to safely reduce the population is to, in my opinion, give people choice that you don't pressure people into children who don't really want them. Mental health facilities. Education. Opening up more of those. Education. Right. Well, China said, nah. Then they just made this one child policy rule. Cool. So the temporary one child policy was enacted in the very beginning of the 1980s. This basically put forth a decree that each household could not give birth to more than one child. If the household already had one child, they couldn't have any more. How this was enforced varied depending upon which parts of the country, which like provinces. It was like a blanket law rule thing that was sort of enforced differently depending on where you were. Some people, they would have government officials come into their house Mm -hmm. and check. Again, this is just so much more work than, I don't know, opening up a mental health facility Getting like an education center for women. This is so much more going to people's houses. Get this woman out of here with these thoughts. You're a witch. (laughs) I agree. This is a crazy way to handle this where they're just like, we're going to try to control when you're fucking. It was different. And I'm going to say without complete knowledge that I'm going to assume that it was also based financially. If you were poorer, that it was more enforced. That would be my guess. Yeah. So this is an incredibly difficult thing to monitor and manage, obviously. It's a difficult, like, it's so complex to try to force an entire nation to adhere to this crazy rule. There were so many issues right away. So not only is it hard to manage, but there's a number of inhumane issues that aren't addressed in this ruling, such as they would make these caveats for things like they would give an allowance to have a second child if the first one had a disability. Which is basically suggesting that the first child is a throwaway. Yeah, I guess not a quote unquote complete person in their eyes. Fucking bullshit. Yeah, it's gross. This would just be all such a hot mess to enforce and really only possible through authoritarianism and, you know, coercion. Coercion is also saying it lightly in some of these circumstances. So, you know, a big reason why I think misogyny is just so rampant in the world and like it's okay is because in order to get in this world, you had to break open a woman's body. Yeah. That's just how we all started. That's how we're all here. This is the very first thing we did. So, of course, you grow up and you're like, yeah, let's hurt them all. I don't care. Let's make them feel pain. Who gives a shit? Yeah. And I, I think that that's partly true but also partly because we put these pressures on the quote masculine men or the male assigned people in the world that they need to be this and this and this and most of them aren't that and when you try to force them into that weird little box it makes them really angry and frustrated and they just want to suck a dick and they can't and they can't I'm sure so many men just want to like cozy up with a book and a blanket but there's somebody else calling them gay yep that's gay and you're like no I just want to like read (laughs) and then you're just filled with rage and resentment (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So some of the provinces, when they were putting these rules forth, only issued fines if a family violated the policy. And I say only because it was still awful. It's just the other consequences are horrific by comparison. 
But these fines could sometimes be so high that it would destroy the entire family. Oh, it was clearly set up as a deterrent. So people wouldn't break the rule. But if someone unintentionally violated it or, you know, just really wanted another child, it could spell disaster for the whole family. They would pull away human rights from the parents in some places. And if the family just couldn't pay the fine, they would sometimes make this child. They would put them in this sort of illegal category. I wonder how many like sort of uncounted or missing children well, there. there is a missing women's stat, which is to account for the gross under percentage of female babies in different parts of the world. Oh, um, wasn't it like a billion or something? I remember looking at this number and I fucking forget, but it's like ladies that could be here, but simply because they were girls, they're like, no, 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 no. We want a boy because yeah. that's why society says we have to internalized. Yeah, there is. I don't remember the number, but there is that. Yes. Oh, yeah. 6.8 million fewer girls. And that's just in India. Yeah. And this is a problem. We'll talk about the different areas of the world. I mean, it's all areas. Yeah. Um, but not every part of every area, which is why we have this statistic of there's way too few female assigned babies in lots of parts of the world, but just different sections all throughout the world. So they basically make the child, if the family can't pay the fine for it being born. You don't have any money, baby. It's called huko. And I'm sorry if that's mispronouncing it, but it's basically what I can perceive. And I could please correct me if I'm wrong, but it's sort of like akin to not having a Social Security number if the parents can't pay. So they can't get like health care. They can't go to certain schools. They can't do a lot of stuff. So basically, the policy obviously is just like punishing the child for being born. So that's cool. Again, I haven't done extensive research on this, but now I'm, since I've been working on this series, I kind of want to go look more thoroughly through this history of this one-child policy because it's really wild. So here then we come back to the practices of reproductive abuse. So in this one-child policy situation, IUDs have been implemented throughout this trying to get women preventing from being pregnant, right? Do you know what painful an IUD is? And no, I mean, if you want an IUD, I know it works for a lot of people. I have friends who use it, but it is not the most comfortable always. Things can go wrong. Yeah. yeah. I mean, discuss with your doctor, like the side effects and the issues. But for some people, IEDs work great, right? Right. And, you know, right now in the medical community, like some doctors are kind of whispering of like, maybe we should use anesthesia because they don't even use anesthesia yeah. in this when they put it inside of you. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I actually didn't realize IUDs have been around for as long as they were. They began being used in the 70s. Right. One of my former roommates, he worked on like a medical campaign because there were some IUDs placed that had a certain metal in them mm -hmm. that poisoned you. So not only was it painful, but you were being poisoned from the inside. I believe and that. And they could sue the hospital. So he was on board of like helping like collect sort of like a mass group of women to Good. sue. Good. I mean, there, there are times when the sue crazy nature of our country is valid. You know what I mean? Like in that it's situation, the Chinese government during this time was enforcing IUDs on women during this like population reduction experiment. So this is the quote. As per directed, the IUD is medically implanted into women in their childbearing years to prevent pregnancies, thus out of order births. 
In the 1980s, either women had to receive an IUD after giving birth to their first child or the husband would have to undergo a vasectomy. So it was the law that four months after the birth of a child, the woman would have the device inserted into their uterus pretty much against her will. Do you know that like giving birth, you're... You know, mothers say it politely. They say, they say my pelvic floor <laughs> needs to be reestablished. It's hurt. <laughs> that means that your taint is ripped open. From your vagina to your asshole is ripped open like a... <laughs> You know, women say it nicely because we're having a polite conversation here, you know. And you don't want, you want it to be sexy still. Right. Sexy, sexy pelvic floor. Tight little pelvic floor. <laughs> but and then to go in there and then just be like, open it up. Open it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking, it's pretty barbaric that, you know, this would happen. And believe me, I'm not just picking on China. We're going to be talking about a lot of places, including the United States. So don't worry. It's everywhere. Um, I'm only bringing this up because China's is one of the most notorious and open. There's a lot more that have that like a hidden secret style. Right. And China's government was just like, no, we're saying it openly to everyone. Yeah. And they're like, what are you going to do about it? And obviously nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing really. So, yes. Yeah, so they would get this inserted into them right after their pregnancy when they're still recovering. And this goes on to say. It is only medically removed after permission to conceive is granted by the community based upon various laws and policies about childbirth quotas. Fuck you. <laughs> so there would be a group of people who were not doctors deciding if you were allowed to have a device removed out of your body because that's fine. Everything's fine there. There were some women who would remove them secretly because they didn't want them inside of them. And yeah. they'd have like a midwife or somebody do it. And this began leading to the IUD inspections by the government. Uh, nothing dystopian there, right? So they had somebody come in and examine your fucking uterus, like checking for high. It's a, that's what it feels like to me, like archaic patriarchal thing where like you check the lady's hymen to make sure it's intact. Right. Which is, again, a, a myth. That hymen means virginity. But yeah. she could have broken it riding a whore or something. And then, you know, if it's broken, then she's no longer a virgin. And Some she people has, don't have hymen. Yeah. And she has to be punished. But that's a little sidebar. I digress. But yes, this is the feeling I get. Like the government's going to come in with the doctor and be like, check her uterus. Woo. I would, Amber's just staring at me in like disgust. <laughs> I would just, I'm picturing me backed in the corner of a room with a gun in my hand and just anybody who opens that door is getting fucking blasted. Yeah. And I'm going out with us, baby. Woo! You go low, I go to hell. Oh, that's fun. It's a good political campaign. I'm getting mad in this episode. <laughs> I know, guys, I'm sorry. I know it sucks, but it's pretty important, I think. So then there is the sterilization aspect. Again, I fully believe that if somebody wants to be permanently or semi-permanently sterilized, and we're talking about procedures like tube tying and vasectomies, et cetera, I think that that is a good thing that if people want to do it, they should get that. We have a problem, actually, the opposite side of it in this patriarchal religion-based country of women being refused things like getting their tubes tied whenever they are in the viable pregnancy age by doctors being like, I'm not going to do that for you. Right. Um, but if you're an indigenous woman, it's done right. Whether you like it or not. Yes, exactly. So we have that issue, but that still should be the person's private choice. And then we have in this one child system kind of like not forcing, but really forcing a lot of women to be sterilized in this process. So we see here the Chinese government using certain incentives to nudge people towards sterilization. And I think that's where we cross into a rocky territory here. This is not only a China issue. This has happened in a lot of other countries. It's also been proposed in this country by 
some different people in the South who are in the government I was bet, rejected. Uh, oh, my God. Do you think do you, I'm just going to throw myself out there. They're a party of small government. They are. Yes, they are. Wow. Isn't they're that Republican candidates who are like trying to propose paying a thousand dollars to poor women to be sterilized. So this is clearly one of the rocky issues. I can see their defense being like, we're paying them and they're volunteering to do it. But they are targeting people for who a thousand dollars might as well be a trillion dollars. Yeah, they are people who are struggling and that's who they want to be sterilized. It's not people who they think are the, you know, the the top of the cream. Those aren't the people who are going to be being paid a thousand dollars for sterilization, which, again, sounds a little bit like eugenics. To me. Yeah. My aunt had a hysterectomy. She was like in her probably late 50s or whatever. She had four kids who just like cleaned me out. She was bedridden and she's a strong woman for like months. Oh, man. Months. I bet. I just in so much pain. I know so little about hysterectomies, but just it sounds like it would be traumatic to your body. Yeah. And some people get them by choice and some people have to get them. But also we're seeing a lot of historical situations where they were forced into it. So that's cool again. Anyway, this like this hey, we're going to pay you to get sterilized has been suggested and implemented in different parts of the world. And then in this one baby system in 1983, if a woman had two children in many parts of the country, she was forced into sterilization, which is monstrous, in my opinion. So basically in this mess that they're trying to control, they're saying basically abortions are advisable, but also criticized by the government. They would do this weird dance, this mental gymnastics of like, you better not have another kid. It's going to fucking, and you're going to be sorry, but probably don't have an abortion. That's crazy. Like, don't do that. We're not really going to like help you out in any way, but don't have the baby, but probably do you, if you have an abortion, you're a bitch. Like, yeah. It's like, there's certain people in my family that'll be like, women are whores. They need to close their legs and just wear a condom, you slut. And I'm like, okay, so maybe they're married. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want a married couple to use condoms? Maybe she was raped. Mm-hmm. They're usually underage, mm-hmm. to be honest. They don't want to deal with it. They just hate women so deeply. Well, it's, it's, it's also a fundamental yeah. close your legs whore. Even if it was a consensual situation, I think in certain sects of the community of like where you grew up, it's never really the boy who's facing any of the consequences. No, he's fine. Like, he's walking around the school, right. just king of the like football team. Who right. cares? She would be sent away. Right. So this is sort of what the government was saying. Like, you can't have this kid, but how dare you ever think about having an abortion? So, you know, a lot of these laws affect the most vulnerable and poorest in a society. And a lot of the women were becoming pregnant repeatedly based on lack of resources, you know, bad situations. And so out of fear of retribution, they were taking toxins. This was a thing that a lower income women during this one child implementation thing was happening. They were taking like these herbs and stuff that they were getting from like underground, you know, trades and stuff that were more likely to kill them than actually, you know, terminate a pregnancy. Oh, it's so dangerous. Do you know what a gin bath is? It means you drink so much gin, you almost die. What is that for abortion? That was like a 1920s form of abortion. Ugh. Again, it's like a nice term ladies use because we got to be sexy. Right. But like a gin bath means that you drink so much alcohol, you almost die. Ugh, but God. it kills the baby. I think that in this situation, too, there was something about eating certain kind of beetle like that was kind of toxic that was supposed to help. But a lot of times it just killed the woman. Gin bath. That's great. I didn't know that. 
Cool. Well, I guess you, you at least got to have a little party. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. That's it. Yeah, a little party. So, yeah, I guess whenever you counter all these ideas of cruelty and pain with boring stuff like comprehensive sex education, free condoms and abortion access for those who want it. I mean, what, who would say that but a witch? Really? I guess so. Because if, you know, you were had healthy human beings, people might rise up against the government. Right. And you can't do that. You no. have to keep them afraid. Mm-hmm. They might come knock on your door any minute and then sterilize you. Those 12 billionaires need to keep making more money that they'll never need for any reason. Right. Well, they got to um, get to space, you know. They got to they buy up Twitter. So, so only in 2013 that they decided to relax these policies. Over the last 10 years, they slowly pulled back on these rules until last year where they sort of just abandoned it altogether, like we mentioned. And again, not only a Chinese government issue, it's just one of the most notorious ones. So this policy, along with other areas of the world, presents another blaring issue, which we have mentioned a little bit, Amber, is sex-selective abortions. When you start looking at children as just numbers, it's a weird sort of mutation that happens in how you perceive their value, I think. And I, a different aspect, have to also remind myself of that because, like, when I'm looking at these really dark cases of children, you almost mentally want to pull away the humanity in yourself from it, and but you can't. And, like, this is a very complicated issue because I do think that people have the right to choose abortion. But when we get to sex-selective abortions, it's a whole nother weird mutation. Yeah, um, because it's usually girls. It's almost always. I almost mean, always It's girls. almost exclusively female. Which is so weird. It's like, okay, so you wanted a baby, but only a boy? I don't think you should be a parent. It's a weird mental space. And, you know, most societies in modern day and most ever have been patriarchal. And this oftentimes values male assigned children over female assigned, i.e. if they had a little pee-pee when they pop out, they're better or something. Which is weird because it's always the daughters that end up taking care of the parents when the parents get older. Well, it's very confusing to me. And I was sort of looking into this a little bit. This is the case in many different countries, either by outright being like, yes, we favor male children or based on statistics of sex disparities in their population. So oh, right. Women are not having a good time in that because po- they're probably like, oh, I don't want somebody else going through exactly what I went through, like female circumcision. I can't have a job, but I'm working, but I'm not getting paid. Right. There are, I think, a lot of reasons why the little pee-pee babies are the the sought-after ones by many different cultures. But I think a lot of them really are just disproportionately based on superstitions and fucked up traditions about having a male heir. I don't know. It's kind of wacky because... 
in some circumstances, is it partly just because the male traditionally keeps the last name? Like, I know that's not true for all countries, so it may not have a lot to do with it, but so many strange, like a lot of the reason, if you really go back into why it's the male babies that are supposed to be the valuable ones, there's not really a big reason other than like something with like the dick energy. I don't know. Well, yeah. Also, the girl can get pregnant and it's scary. And a lot of cultures think that if a girl is raped, she was asking for it. It's her fault. She has to be killed. So it's kind of like more work that they put on themselves. It doesn't have to be this way. Right. To have a daughter. So it's more protection. A dowry sometimes is included. Some families can't afford a dowry. And they're like, we cannot afford to have for sure. You. And dowry is actually a huge part of it in, some, again, in some cultures. This is shit y'all did to yourselves. Right. This is, again, that's sort of just a made up thing. You don't right? have to do this. Could there be something to the idea that like the, the stereotype of the male baby's going to be able to chop all the wood? Like maybe, I don't know. Regardless, it is almost solely due to different kinds of religious beliefs. And those are present in all across the board, Christianity, Islam, even Hinduism, where sex disparity is present in places like Nepal, which oh. you don't think about with Hinduism, but it is all based in superstitions. These off-ratio places are seen all over. There's parts of the Americas, parts of Europe, Asia, Africa, like so many different places. There's a map, a worldwide map, and it says, hey, would you prefer a boy or a girl? Every single place said they would prefer a boy except for Iceland. Huh. That's the only place that said I would prefer to have a daughter. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I still, even after doing all this reading, I'm still just sort of like, why? Why does it matter? I don't. I, it seems so pointless and silly to me. Yeah. And and nothing that I found makes sense on a like an on an intellectual level. It all just seems based on superstitions. So I don't know. I'm going on a sidebar with that, but it's just weird. Yeah, it's Iceland. That's it. Interesting. It's the only place in the whole wide world. Hmm. They want boys. I guess it's like the boy will carry my lineage. But the thing is, is like your lineage is actually passed down through your mother. Yeah. Li what do you mean lineage? That takes two people. I yeah. don't like, know. Also, the baby gets the intelligence from the mother. Like, what are what is everybody? I feel like I'm being gaslit by history and the world. We are. We are. We've all been gaslit by just being alive. <laughs> Consciousness <laughs> is being gaslit. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like that. And it's not just selective abortion either. It goes beyond abortion. Often in certain societies, if the child is born female and there is no male child, that female child will be neglected, sold, sometimes abandoned in favor of a male child, um, mostly based, again, on human superstitions. This is a little bit going off the track of forced abortion, but, you know, in the area of forced abortion, it is sort of an open secret or an unspoken command that the female children are worth less. In that one child system, many infants were likely killed because of that if an abortion was unsuccessful or unattempted. So this should be an issue among the alleged pro-life people, yet many of these practices come from those conservative sexist values that they claim to love so much. So it's kind of confusing until you get to it's maybe not about the babies as much as it is about white babies. Right. There's quite a bit of evidence of this. We're going to discuss atrocities at the border a lot more next season, but we will be remiss not to bring up reproductive abuse inside of ICE in this series because it's pretty bad. But it's not just from ICE. It's not the new 
as much as we want to all blame Trump for it, it's not just under him. It's been happening for a long time. Yeah, I think we just knew about it. It, it was easier to be mad at him because he's annoying. Yeah. Forced sterilization and eugenics have been a longstanding tradition in really all of North America. Canada, you're not off the hook here, buddy. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> fuck. Oh, yeah, you're so nice. No, we've done some Canadian episodes, haven't we? Oh, we have. <laughs> but in America, ethnic cleansing, quote unquote, is one of our favorite pastimes. This is from PBS.org. Coerced sterilization is a shameful part of America's history, and one doesn't have to go too far back to find examples of it. Used as a means of controlling undesirable populations, immigrants, people of color, poor people, unmarried mothers, the disabled, the mentally ill, federally funded sterilization programs took place in 32 states throughout the 20th century. Driven by prejudiced notions of science and social control, these programs informed policies on immigration and segregation. So that is something that has been a practice here for the majority of American history. (laughs) And it was to try to cleanse the population. So guess what state was the lead in all other states in the 1900s? We're going, going back, back to Cali, Tally. Yeah, right sterilization. Our backyard. I mean, California also has like a lot of clan chapters in here. So mm-hmm. we're not, we're no, not a no, liberal no. bubble by any means. Absolutely not. So yeah, it was California in the early 1900s. This is also from PBS. Beginning in 1909 and continuing for 70 years, California led the country in the number of sterilization procedures performed on men and women, often without their full knowledge and consent. Approximately 20,000 sterilizations took place in state institutions, comprising one third of the total number performed in the 32 states where such action was legal. And that was also a reference from the UC Santa Barbara current. So... I mean, 20,000 is a lot. That's kind of upsetting. That's almost a genocide. It it is. Yeah. And it is in that these people did not ask to be sterilized. They wanted to have children, a lot of them. This was against their will. Then there's a researcher named Alex Stern. He's the author of a book, Eugenic Nation, Faults in Frontiers of Better Breeding in America. Such legislation was motivated by crude theories of human heredity that posited the wholesale inheritance of traits associated with a panoply of feared conditions such as criminality, feeble-mindedness, and sexual deviance. Many sterilization advocates viewed reproduction surgery as a necessary public health intervention that would protect society from deleterious genes and the social and economic costs of managing degenerate stock. Degenerate stock is my stripper name. I claim it. (laughs) I am degenerate stock. I can see you flipping around that pole. Pole's fun. You think we would have been put into degenerate stock category? Amber? Oh, my God. You know, I mean, no one ever asks me or I don't know. There was a certain point where people stopped asking me, when am I having kids? And I think it's because I'm crazy. <laughs> I mean, I guess in the sense that they the traditional way it's is that women who had outward thoughts were considered mentally unstable. So, you know, like whenever women when we did the Child Pride series last season were, uh, put away for having different political opinions than their husbands. <laughs> ah, ah. So I do think we probably would have been in that category. We would have been in there. A lot of us would listening, everyone. If those, you know, conditions that they had were considered like criminality, sexual deviance, probably some of those were people who had same sex, you know, oh, relationships. Yeah. yeah. 
So they would try to sterilize you and often succeed in those situations. And that is in U.S. history. I think a lot of that, too, is that same sort of pseudoscience that they used to use, like, is it phrenology, when they, like, look at people's head shapes? Yeah, and, like, skulls and be like, Mm. it's the smarter man because he's got a bigger skull. Yeah. And then there was the, like, if this person's eyes are this far apart, they're going to be a killer, like that kind of thing. And there's something called physiognomy. It's also that sort of practice that I don't know a ton about, but I think it runs along those lines. So they were kind of just, like, making really superficial judgments about people who they were sterilizing also. Right. Wasn't Hitler doing that shit? Yeah, I think he was. Have you heard of him? Charles Hitler? <laughs> Charles. Charles. No. Charles Entertainment Cheese. Yeah. yeah was, uh, hey, Adolf, this is your cousin, Charles Hitler. Have you heard what we're doing in America? That's kind of what was happening there. I love it. Isn't it weird that that name, that last name was just a random last name at one time? Hitler was just like people's last name. Oh, right. I'm Edward Hitler. Yeah. That's really strange to think about. It's not just California either. California has a really bad history. But if you want to see how your state fares, I'll attach a link to a study that the University of Vermont has compiled, which is a state-by-state breakdown of the history of forced or coerced sterilization. I could see looking at that and somebody being like, hey, what are you doing, babe? Nothing much. Just looking at the forced sterilization map. How's your Friday night going? (laughs) That's the full Amber. They want the Amber experience, okay? (laughs) Why doesn't nobody want to date me? (laughs) Because they're not good enough for you. I feel weird talking about all this like feminist stuff and then like going on dating apps. Is that weird? No. I still like men. I don't hate them at all. I just hate forced sterilization. Right. And I think you you should have and deserve a partner who also hates forced sterilization. Right. Right. I think that that's a completely fine thing. <laughs> um, and you still have a fun time. You still dance and have a good party time. Yeah. On top of all this. You're not always talking about forced sterilization. Right. God, I could just like see some conservative like taking clips of this and just be like, ha ha, you fucking woman, stupid. <laughs> Because I'm like expressing myself. Yeah. Who gives a shit? That that person is living the saddest life imaginable. Well, they gave us a hit. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to post the uh, link to that state by state breakdown. California is strikingly massive compared to most other states because of whatever implement they had in the 1900s. Also, just note that the study I'm, I'm linking is a decade old, so there might be some updates, but it's a pretty well put together study by the university. But there's many other states where shit was happening. For example, there was a phenomenon called a Mississippi appendectomy in which black women were given unnecessary hysterectomies as practice patients for medical students. Fuck that. And I bet they did it without painkillers, too. I mean, it certainly I'm sure wasn't great. They, they were using them like test dummies. I mean, oh it's it's inhuman. And it's so pain. Again, my aunt, she couldn't move for months. Yeah. And she had like the best modern doctors and, you know, like all the like drugs to like keep her OK. And she yeah. was still in pain. And I imagine they paid those women like, you know, a pittance for it. Disgusting. They probably weren't even fully aware what they were going to be doing to them. Ugh. Then there were these other women and girls who had to go through sterilization as children. Ugh. And there is a lot of really fucked up history with that, too. And there is a woman named Elaine Riddick, who we're going to talk about more next week. But she had to go through a sterilization process when she was 13 and was raped without her knowledge, actually. Oh, so like twice she's been wronged. Uh, Probably a lot more than twice. Yeah. 
But this is a historic practice. And unfortunately, the tradition is carried on in smaller numbers to this day in this country. For example, in the places where women are most vulnerable, which would be prison, detention centers, as well as more recent history in mental institutions. So we're going to, I think, stop here for today. Yeah, it's been a lot. I know. This has been a lot, Natalie. I know. And we have a lot more to discuss in this topic, but I, I think this is enough for one episode. Yeah. Um, and to be, you know, quite honest, I love family. I love men. I love people. Like, I want to be have a positive outlook. But, you know, this... I don't like this. No. And and most people, I would hope, wouldn't like it. If you're a human being, a decent human, I don't think you would either. Yeah. And if you do, what's, uh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, what the fuck's your problem? <laughs> yeah. That's the real big question at the end of the day. What the fuck is your problem? And maybe someday we'll get an answer. We'll, we'll see. Maybe. I just know. scream it at the skies. Yeah. I love that. I love that for us. So we're going to come back with part two of this next week. And a little announcement. We are coming back with LPN Deep Dives season two. Myself and Miss Jackie Zabrowski Geoff Adams. I don't know what she's actually going to call herself. She was just married. Jackie and I are going to be covering, guess what? Fairy fuck books, Court of Thorns and Roses. Season two deep dives are coming at the beginning of next year. I'm really excited to be discussing something that's not... Sex-based abortion. Right. Oh, man, I got to get into those fairy fuck books. Well, you can do read-along with us. We're doing it like book club style. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be really, really fun. And we'll be doing some Twitches and all that stuff with it, too. So that's fun. Something to look forward to that's not this. And uh, you can follow this show at Someplace Underneath and me at The Naughty Gene. I'm Amber Smelson. We are saucy, pert, and greasy, no matter what these bitches keep trying to do to us. And I hope the same for you. See you soon. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.